Hello, welcome to a podcast for the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. I'm Gavin Cleaver, it's December 2018, and we've got a new article out about the use of high-potency cannabis in adolescence. I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by one of the authors, Claire Mackey. Claire, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for inviting me to do a podcast today. So your review talks about the issue of cannabis use in adolescence. How serious is the problem? Well, the past year prevalence of cannabis among all adults in Europe has remained fairly stable, with about 6% of all adults reporting cannabis use. But that figure actually doubles to 13% among young people. So there are about 3 million adults in the EU member states which are daily cannabis users. But about 70% of these are aged between 15 and 34 years of age. What's interesting is that cannabis has actually remained the most common drug that young people are actually in treatment for. In the UK, 88% of all young people in specialist services report having a problem with cannabis. And this, this can be attributed to improvements in treatment pathways, but can also be hypothesized that this is actually due to an increase in cannabis potency in the UK marketplace. Yes, yeah, so perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about the forms in which cannabis is available on the market. Well, there are many different forms of cannabis on the market. Firstly, if we look at the more traditional types of cannabis, that tend to be very low in THC. We have heat-seeded herbal cannabis, which is about 3% THC and about less than 1% CBD. And then there's resin, which is compressed plant matter, which can vary in THC content, but tends to contain about 4% THC and about 2% CBD. Cannabis without seeds, or skunk as it's known, has an increasing amount of THC, up to about 14 to 15%. And this is much more the sort of psychoactive component, which is responsible for the feeling of getting high that some users tend to seek. And now there's more new emerging cannabis concentrates, which are very high in THC, about 70%, and they have very low um, CBD content. So the potency of cannabis can vary. Tell us a little bit more about how changes in, in concentrations can affect this potency. So when we talk about potency, we tend to talk about the ratios between THC and CBD. So THC is very psychoactive. That's what users will want to use to get high. It it can have the greatest effect on cognitive performance and psychosis symptoms. And CBD is very non-toxicating. We know now that it actually offsets the harmful effects of THC. So the more CBD in your your cannabis, the less likely you'll have sort of memory impairments or develop psychosis symptoms. So how does cannabis affect the brain and why are adolescents particularly vulnerable to this effect? So the effect of cannabis on the brain occurs in interaction with the endocannabinoid system. There are two main types of cannabinoid receptors, CB1 and CB2, but it's CB1 that we're sort of interested in and that's the one that's mainly distributed in the brain. So the expression of the CB1 receptors are high in the cortical regions, particularly the frontal regions, the basal ganglia, the cerebellum, the hippocampus and the amygdala. And the acute effects of cannabis on brain function can actually impact on cognitive skills, such as verbal learning, attention, working memory, and reasoning. So how this relates to adolescent development is really important, as we know that adolescence is a period of dramatic brain growth and connectivity has been described as a critical period of neurodevelopment, especially the sort of prefrontal cortical brain region. And any sort of drugs or substances can impact on the development in this area, especially when adolescents are using cannabis or starting to use cannabis about 14, 15, 16 years of age. This is a really key time that the development of those prefrontal cortexes occur. So tell us a little bit about more about the impact of cannabis and its kind of variable potency that you've been talking about there on, on the psychotic outcomes in, in the adolescent population. 
Well, we know that early onset, um, frequent and persistent cannabis use in adolescents is associated with an increased risk for the development of psychotic-like experiences. And these experiences we talk about are things like having very fixed beliefs, feeling paranoid, feeling persecuted, or sort of hearing voices and sort of hallucinations that an individual can get. But there's so very little or no research at all really looking at the types of cannabis or potency and how that impacts on different types of psychotic symptoms. We know in adults, there's been some recent research that has shown that if you use the skunk or high-potency cannabis every day, you're much more likely to have a diagnosis of first-episode psychosis compared to non-users of cannabis at all. And it's also very related to relapse of psychosis um, over time. So it's just that really needs to be sort of picked out. A bit more research needs to be conducted looking at the different types of cannabis that adolescents use and how that can link to sort of long-term mental health outcomes. So talking about legalisation, which we've, of course, started to see in various high-profile cases around the world, does this legalisation favour a control of the potency? Well, most countries now that have legalised cannabis have actually put in controls on potency. For instance, Uruguay, the government has actually put in a level of 9% THC in legalised cannabis, and, and the Dutch government are starting to make discussions regarding having THC levels at 15%. But some countries, for instance, well, some states in the U.S., Colorado and Washington, they actually haven't imposed any limits on THC. Um, but I think what's important is not just the maximum THC level, but also there needs to be a minimum limit of CBD, as we know that CBD can actually moderate the effects of THC. So what implications are there for healthcare professionals that you've highlighted in your review? So what's important is when people are presenting with adverse effects from using cannabis, is for health professionals to really take a detailed history about the types of cannabis that some individuals are using. So in similar to alcohol, we can look at the different types of alcohol that people use. We can really need to have a discussion around the different types of cannabis and how that can relate to different types of adverse effects. Also, when people use cannabis, they can also use a lot of tobacco and that can have some sort of physical effects that's not solely related to cannabis. Also, there's impact on cannabis dependence. Some individuals who use high potency cannabis can become dependent on, on their cannabis. Also, we need to think about how educational professionals need to be aware of the impact of high potency cannabis among their young students. And we need to sort of look at developing sort of prevention programs that directly address different types of cannabis in schools today. Well, it's a really interesting review and uh, one that you can read online now at the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health at thelancet.com. Claire Mackey, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much as well.